Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back, y'all. Glad to be back. You know what I'm saying? Another week. Yes, and this is officially our first uh, episode of September. It's fall, so, y'all. It's fall, <laughs> y'all. I got my little... Listen, my don't little let her... Over here. I came in one day from work. All right, mind you... I don't know what decorations we had, but they were like general decorations. Bruh, September 1 hit. Katie turned the whole place into fall and Halloween. Came home from work. It was a whole new apartment. She got the happy Halloween on the uh, on the, the bar in the kitchen. Come okay. on now. To be fair, that's the only Halloween thing I have out. Is it not too early? But hey, I'm fine with it. If you love it, I love it. I actually was just at um, Tom Thumb and I saw some pumpkins. Uh, like there were like white pumpkins and orange pumpkins, and I know you said you wanted to put some in the fireplace, so almost snagged a couple. But I'm gonna let you do that because you oh, are you, you are the um, the decorator. Well, you can always buy, and I'll decorate with it. <laughs> I'm broke. See, I'm broke. I'm broke. That's my problem is I want to decorate and I want to do all these things, and then I go and I want to fill our fireplace with pumpkins, and then I want to, you know. Yeah, but then every pumpkin costs $10, and it's like, well, that would probably cost me like $500 to get enough pumpkins to fill up the fireplace. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So we're not going to do that. But what we are going to do is welcome everybody back for another week of Press Next Podcast. If you are back and you listened to us before, thanks for chiming in. If you have (laughs) never listened to us before, we thank you so much for the support of this listen. Uh, and we hope that everybody who is listening will help support us financially as well um, and will give us a little bit of coin. Throw some coin our way. Press next podcast on Venmo. Press next podcast sure. on Cash App. Throw us a little coin. Maybe For you sure. want to say, hey, Katie, go get that pumpkin. Throw us $10. <laughs> we can go buy that pumpkin. No, we will not use our funds on personal things. Our funds go towards making this a better experience for you all um, so that we can Absolutely. host live events and do other things and get some more video content and uh, maybe even pay, you know, high powered guests to be here and things of that nature. Uh, so thank you all for listening. And also, please drop a review for us on Apple Podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Rate us. Do what you got to do. Give us five stars, maybe seven stars, you know, nothing less than three, please. I'm just joking. Give us what you want. Give us we a listen. We love reading the reviews. We really, really do. So please do that, y'all. Please do that. So as Katie said, it's September and it's the fall y'all month. So yes. we're going to be doing fall topics and fall movies. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I am too. So we decided when we sat down and started discussing what we were going to do for the rest of the year, um, when we were thinking about September, we were like, okay, what does, obviously fall starts in September. So what does September make you think of? Um, And then one of the first things that came to mind was that football is back. Yes, sir. And so um, we love football in this household. Go birds. Hey, go birds. Fly goes fly, baby. And um, so we 
This month they're just going to be covering things that make us think of fall or give us all the fall feels. So right now, um, personally, outside of the podcast, I actually am watching Gilmore Girls for the first Mm. time all the way through. Um, And every time I tell someone that, they're like, oh, that's the perfect fall show. And it is. And I started wondering, why is that? And I think, one, because they are obsessed with coffee and coffee Mm. gives me warm fuzzy feelings Mm -hmm. um but then i also noticed that the intro to the show it's all kind of orange scaled so Mm. everything has like an orange tint to it so like it's almost supposed to make you feel like fall right so we're getting into like psychology oh i like where you're going yeah i know you don't ever necessarily go here but i like where you're going i figured you would i figured you would so i had to tell you that but um i noticed that and i was like oh that's so cute everything has a fall uh feel to it and then in the show obviously they go through the season so they um celebrate fall christmas in a star's hollow so if you haven't watched gilmore girls yet i would highly suggest uh giving that a watch i think there's seven seasons um and then they just did a reboot i believe last year um maybe it was the year before of um a day in the life. So like mm. 20 years later or whatever. Okay. So go ahead and check it out if y'all want to. That's what I'm watching personally. Uh, it make makes me Gilmore think guys. Fall. I'm just joking. Um, what am I watching personally right now? I'm actually rewatching Lie to Me. Um, I love mm. that show. And for some reason just felt like rewatching it. It's, it's really because it's a show because I've watched it and I know that it's canceled. I can watch it while I'm doing other stuff. Um, but anyway, good show that has nothing to do with fall. Um, however, I will give you this interesting fact about the month of September. So the reason why we kind of even defaulted to like fall stuff is that, um, there's like, it's it's also like suicide awareness month. Um, and that's a heavy topic and we can talk about that stuff. And it's partly why we even did, um, um, seven pounds last week, but Mm -hmm. September is historically bad for film. Really? Historically bad for film. And I will break down why. Think about it this way. Film, and and when I say bad for film, I mean like box office wise, because that means people aren't going to, they didn't have a box office hit. People didn't go to the movies. They didn't buy tickets. Mm. So if you think about the December movies, everybody's home, right? It's holidays. People take off of work. The kids are home from school. So holiday movies typically do very well in box office. Um, So it's, it's pretty big. October obviously is a huge month with horror, right? You can drop all your horror genre films, um into that right or any kind of kind of like spoofs even february you get the love movies and the rom-coms because it's supposed to be like the lovey-dovey month and mm-hmm. then starting may you get like the tentpole films where they're like smash hits it's summertime everybody's out people are gonna want to go to the movies so summertime's a smash in april you get like the really good films april and mm-hmm. in, in january you get like the really good films the award-winning films you know what i mean like the ones where you they win an award and you're like, I've never seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> they typically were probably released around them. September, here's why September's trash. Everybody went back to their life. School started up. Mm, that's a good point. Work started up. If you was traveled, you went back somewhere else. So September is historically bad. However, this movie almost pretty much stopped the streak of it being terrible. It's still not great. 
But this movie that we're going to talk about today, Stop the Streak, it was re- it was released in September. And from then, um, as, if you follow this this format, you can pretty much get a good September movie. So Very interesting. What are we talking about today, baby? Today we are talking about one of my favorite films, Remember the Titans. Remember the freaking Titans. Shout out to Denzel. Big Denzel. Left side. Strong side. Let's go. I'm ready for this. I love this movie. This is literally uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And if it's not one of your favorite movies of all time, I don't know what to tell you because I've never really met anybody who does not love this film. Yeah, me either. Definitely my favorite uh, sports film ever. Mm, That's a whole nother topic Mm -hmm. that I'm going to do this week. Okay. Sports films. Mm, 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 You're mm. welcome. Well, if you have not seen Remember the Titans, we're about to explain it. So you want to stop here, you can come back or power through, get some spoilers. But the lovely Miss Katie G, the floor is yours. I will take it away. Okay, so um, at the beginning of the movie uh, in 1981, so time plays a very um, strong part in this film, so just keep the time in mind. Uh, 1981, a group of former football coaches and players attend a funeral. Nearly 10 years earlier, in the summer of 1971, at the newly integrated T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia... Coach Boone, a black head coach who was supposed to lead the black high school's football team, is assigned to coaching staff under current white head coach Bill Yost, who previously led the white high school and has been nominated for the Virginia High School Hall of Fame. All right, so the school is integrated, um, and then they also integrated the coaches. So the head coach for the black school is now um, an assistant coach under the white head coach. And a In an attempt to placate rising racial tensions and the fact that all other high schools are white only, the school district decides to change course and name Boone the head coach. Mm. Um, So, yes. Played by Denzel. Yes, played by Denzel, the one and only. He refuses, believing it is unfair to Yost, but relents after seeing what it means to the black community. Yost is then offered an assistant coach's job by the school board and initially refuses but reconsiders after the white players pledge to boycott the team if he does not participate. Dismayed at the prospect of the students losing their chances at scholarships, Yost changes his mind and takes up the position of defensive coordinator under Boone to his daughter Cheryl's dismay. So his daughter is played by a young and so cute and adorable Hayden Panettiere, um, which I absolutely love in this movie. And she's just the cutest little thing. Super young. (laughs) Yes. Soon after, the black students trying out for the team have a meeting in the gym in the gym with Coach Boone. But this turns into a fiasco when Yost and several white students interrupt it. After this, Boone takes Yost aside and explains how he will run the team and that black and white does not matter to him, leaving Yost with renewed faith in Boone. On August 15th, the players gather and journey to Gettysburg College where their training takes place. Mm. This is, uh, I just love this movie so much. Early on, the black and white team members frequently clash in racially motivated conflicts, including some between captains Gary Bertier and Julius Campbell. However, through forceful coaching and rigorous athletic training by Boone, which includes an early morning run, 
to the Gettysburg National Cemetery and a motivational speech. Best motivation. You could do a whole thing on motivational speeches too. Not just that one, just like all motivational speeches, you know, in sports movies. Um, Anyways, the team achieves racial harmony and comes out a unified team. (laughs) After returning from... Sorry. After returning from football camp, Boone is told by a member of the school board that if he loses a single game, he will be dismissed. Subsequently, so he's going to lose his job. Subsequently, the Titans go through the season undefeated while battling racial prejudice before slowly gaining support from the community. So this is the one school that's integrated in that area. People do not like it. People of the town do not like it. Um, You can see that black students are being harassed at school. Um, by the community, as well as by fellow students. So um, you kind of see the harmony in the football team sticking up for these black students and trying to navigate that, I guess. So they went to this camp and obviously there was camaraderie there and now they're having to go back to their lives. So they have to be that same person in front of their peers, right? So they have to continue to do that. So they have to navigate what that is like. Um, um, okay. Gary even has his best friend Ray removed from the team because of his racism following a game where Ray intentionally missed a block without consequent, which consequently led to the near season ending injury for the quarterback, Jerry Rev Harris. Just before the state semifinals, Yost is told by chairman of the school board that he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame after the Titans lose one game, implying Mm. that he wants Boone to be dismissed. During the game, it becomes apparent that the referees are biased against the Titans. Let the boys play. (laughs) Upon seeing the chairman and other board members in the audience looking on with satisfaction, Yost realizes that they have rigged the game. To no one's surprise. He then marches onto the field and warns the head referee that if not officiated fairly, he will go to the press and expose the scandal. After this, the Titans soon shut out their opponents and advance to the state champions to the state championship. But Yost is told by the infuriated chairman that his actions in saving Boone's job have resulted his loss of candidacy for the Hall of Fame induction. So he mm, kind of mm, took mm, one mm. for the team and laid down his pride. While celebrating the victory, Gary is severely injured in a car accident when he drives through an intersection against an oncoming truck. The Titans wait in the hospital for his recovery. Although Gary is now unable to play due to being paralyzed from the waist down, the team goes on to mount a comeback in the fourth quarter and win the state championship. Bertier would remain a paraplegic for the rest of his life. That's my brother, Alice. Can't you see the resemblance? Even though one is black and one is right. Let's go. Let's go. Ten years later, Bertier dies in another automobile accident caused by a drunk driver after having won the gold medal in shot put in the paraplegic games. It is then revealed that it is his funeral from the former football coaches and players are attending, where Julius, while holding the hand of Bertier's mother, leads the team in a mournful rendition of na 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 na. Na hey, na hey, na hey. na. Let's go. <laughs> Good 
Goodbye. In the epilogue, <laughs> descriptions show the players and coaches' activities after the events of 1971. Coach Boone coached the Titans for five more seasons and later retired, and Coach Yost would assist Boone for four more years, retiring from coaching in 1990. The two coaches became good friends. After Bertier's death, the gymnasium at T.C. Williams High was na- renamed after him. Julius would work for the city of Alexandria and remain friends with Bertier until his death. So, like I said, this is based on a true story. I don't know if I mentioned that, actually, but this is based on a true story. So, um, all of these people are real, and these stories are real as well. So, Yes. Now, that I, is... first off, I want to watch that much tonight. Like, literally, I just, you reading that got me lit again about Same. watching this film. Same. I'm like... I feel like I gotta go watch it. You know what I'm saying? How many times? Interesting fact: I will run around the um, the house sometimes and yell to Katie, "We gotta go stay. We gotta wait stay." <laughs> uh, you know when uh, Boone is holding up his daughter and they're running mm-hmm. around the street and all the neighbors are going crazy. This is the ultimate uh, feel good movie. Uh, Disney did a phenomenal job of bringing this together, and shout out to Jerry Bruckmeyer, uh, but. Of bringing us together, crafting a story. I will say, even though this is based on a true story, I can go on for days about how inaccurate a lot of this information is and how stuff actually didn't happen. But they, it's a, it's a movie, so of course, right. Anything based on a true story is typically loosely based on that story, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still cool. So it's, it's cool to know that these people were real. Uh, they did have an experience very similar to what happened in the movie, um, but then, you know, go ahead. What is um so what's what's something that always that you always say besides we're going to say what is uh what's something that always sticks out to you? Because for me, anytime I hear ain't no mountain high, yeah, exactly. ain't no ain't valley, no valley low. low. Yeah, you <laughs> think All about I can that, think about is the locker room scene. I think anytime or somebody says left sunshine. side Yeah, sunshine anytime somebody says left side in my head I say strong side right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you don't even have to say left side like he said it in the movie you can just right, be like oh only left side I'm like strong side, side. Yeah. yeah 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 you know um, there's so many quotables from this uh, this movie I it mean, is a very quotable movie think about it there's literally a TikTok trend that's off of this from this movie Really? Yeah, when he does the we will be perfect in every aspect oh, of the game. True, true, <laughs> you drop true. the ball, you run a mile. <laughs> right? Like this is true. We there's will a TikTok trade off of it. Exactly. So it, it's just literally let me get into the rating. And this is crazy. This is crazy. Okay. I'm gonna start the ranking off. One being trash, ten being great cinema. It's a ten for me. It's a ten for me. It's a ten for me. Remember the Titans is a ten. Let me tell you why. You had a phenomenal cast, mm-hmm. great writing, especially for the time, right, of what you're trying to do as far as, like, we're going to infuse racism here and show how it can be, um, you know, portrayed and what the people had to go through. Right. Um, just to even especially do something as, as simple film. as, right, to do something as simple as playing football. That's number mm-hmm. one. The music, great. Music selection, great. The quotables you get from this film. Great. There are so many scenes that you to this day still remember, right? Who, it transcended everything. You know how many times mm-hmm. I grew up playing football 
and every team would come out to that uh, everywhere we go. You know what I'm saying? People want to yes. know. So like it was everybody did that. We are the Titans. Right, but it would be we are the whatever your team is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I play for the Lions, so we said Lions and like somebody else was the Eagles, they say Eagles. Whatever it is, they did that. So everybody did try to do a little dance. Um you know, they would try to give that little same speech. You make them remember the night they played the Titans. Like mm-hmm. all of that. Like they try to do all of that. Um, it just it just translated time and it's it's only gotten better uh and so and so much more nostalgic as we have aged. So mm-hmm. it is th- the definition of a 10 movie. Yes. I agree. Um you know how I usually know a movie is a 10 for me is if I have it on DVD. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> because, right, right. Because I am unless it was from Hastings, which RIP Hastings so where probably they cost had 250. <laughs> right, where they had the cheap movies. Um I usually don't buy movies, but I do have this movie on DVD and it was not from Hastings. So Mm, so you probably you bought the real boy. it was actually a gift but that's okay you kept it you didn't I give it away it. <laughs> yeah that's wild man i love this film i definitely think it's a 10 uh for cinema great job if it's not the best sports movie it is up there you know in the same conversation or same talks it also is like yes it's a good movie and a feel-good movie but it's also very very sad Oh, it's extremely sad. But the thing is, the entire movie itself, the premise of the movie is sad. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. you can't... That's also why I think it's a 10, right? I think it's a 10 because it doesn't just end happy. Yeah, that's And I'm true. like, I hate when movies do that. And then when movies do that, people tend to, when they leave the movie theater, go, oh, I didn't like that movie because I didn't like the way it ended. Well, you just wanted to be happy at the end. Mm-hmm. That's not how these stories work, right? Especially when um, it's based on a true story. Exactly. Especially how Life it's based on a true story or like happily. racism or not, any of that stuff. It typically mm-hmm. doesn't, to be honest with you. Like, unless you stop, let's be honest, let's just keep it a buck. Unless you stop the story at the climax, it typically doesn't end better than the climax. True. You know what I mean? True. So, I don't know. I'm, I was. That's what made me happy about it is that it felt good. It has... The the rewatchability scale yeah. on this is crazy. You can literally watch this, go to make dinner, like you can watch it to, in in its entirety. It'd be over. You go make dinner, sit down, and watch it again. It's like one of them films. So if you have not watched, remember the Titans. Please watch it. So we both mm-hmm. gave it tens. Yes. You talked somewhat about your uh, favorite part or takeaway, but do you have like a favorite part, a favorite scene? Uh, my my favorite scene is when they are at camp because I just feel like so connected to that because I feel like when you take a group of people and you put them outside of their environment that they're used to, it creates something so different, right? Which is Definitely. why people why uh, people have retreats or why there's camps or you know the reason they went away to this is because you have to get some, you have to get everyone out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And remove distractions for them to be vulnerable with each other. And so that, that was my favorite part is seeing all of them actually come together during that time. My goodness. It's the camp is the, for an athlete, I guess it's the best and the worst time. It's the best and the worst time. Literally yeah. showing up to camp, knowing that it's going to be a grueling week and a half, two weeks. 
Yeah. I'm going to be staying with somebody who I don't really know or I got to get to know or and I'm only going to be there for temporary and they put you in um man we I can't remember the building when I went to Grambling. <laughs> when I was like this is terrible. Everybody had to stay in the building. I think it was called Jones. Jones was um shout out to all my grandfam. Jones was like literally should have been what do they call it? Like not is it called decommission? <laughs> What's uh, it called when like you can't go into somewhere cuz it's like like dilapidated. They, they deemed it Not, like terrible, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I can't think of the word. I'm yes. talking about like you when you walk in the entrance, it just looked like a trap house. <laughs> they got like old the lobby has like old uh wooden like lunch tables. Mm. That's like, you know, the the vinyls kind of coming off the top. Yeah. And like you got the you know, the blue cafeteria chairs. They're like mm-hmm. sprung out everywhere. You got one person in the corner who's listening to like a speaker or something like that. Man, there's I no hate lights. Those blue chairs too. Yeah. Concrete floors, no lights in the uh, in the hallways and stuff like that. You got to go up the stairs. One of the stairwells you can't even go up because you it literally does not work. So you can't go up those stairs. You got to go up another stairs. Mm-hmm. It's um it's community bathroom. The, the stalls, some of the stalls don't even have doors on them. So it was like literally, it was I couldn't believe the the living conditions. I woke up yeah. one morning, a big ass spider in the sink. Uh, huh. But the cool part about it was we, we were all in it together. So yeah. we was in the trenches together. We woke up together. We slept in the same building together. We went to practice together. We went to eat together. We did everything together so that we experienced the same thing. So, um, yeah, I love camp. So great moment in that movie. I like that. I remember one time my senior year for cheer camp, um, the dorm that we were staying in was overrun by crickets. Us, uh, that's, that's crazy. Uh, that's disgusting. You must have been in Stephenville, Texas. No, I was not actually. I was in Athens. Oh. Athens, Georgia? Texas. I'm just joking. Um, all right. What's my favorite part of the movie? Favorite part, favorite scene. Mm, 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 mm. Or like Kanye said, I've been saying all week. Mm, 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 mm. Um, <laughs> my favorite part would have to be. When Rev is in the uh was in the uh, thing and he start preaching and they got old buddy um oh no old buddy start preaching and Rev is like Amen Amen <laughs> you know what I'm talking about and he's yes. like we were sore like eagles he's like like eagles like y'all. eagles like, y'all. <laughs> yeah exactly that's my favorite part I see that part really the whole movie my favorite part but that's my favorite part all the time so anytime I hear that verse I gotta say that that's another thing that's quotable right yes gotta say that um. But I literally once a week will be like, we're going to Wednesday. Like anytime I'm excited because, oh man, what a freaking film. It's great film. You got to watch it. Let me ask you a question though. More than film, okay. we're talking about fall um, and we're talking about sports. And the one thing about sports mm-hmm. is that, especially nowadays, but even, but, you know, more so back then, you were talking about the integration of race. But mm-hmm. you grew up in a town... Probably not a lot of black folk, but did you ever, you might have played teams that had black folks on it or other minorities and everybody else. So do you think that, um, do you remember a time where there was like racial tension in sports? Did you grow up with any racial tension? Even on your team? Um, so I think that we had a lot of black people in London. Um, well, in the school anyways. If we didn't, they were very uh, athletic, so definitely in our sports. <laughs> um, I, I'm i sure there was some racial tension just because it's a small town and 
I feel like there's always racial tension, but I don't think it was very apparent. And I don't think that it was very, I don't know. I, I don't think that it was something that was very noticeable. If that mm. makes sense. No, I mean, it makes sense. Because where I'm from, we all grew up together, right? So our parents went to school. Like, the the, the kind of town I'm from, our grandparents knew each other. Our parents went to school together. We've gone to school together. So we've known each other, and we've known each other's families for generations. Right. You know? So So it's like everybody know each other kind of thing? Exactly. Man, I got stories for days, bro. Like, <laughs> literally, I grew up in Arlington, which um, is, is pretty diverse. And specifically after Katrina hit, it became more diverse because uh, mm-hmm. people came up and moved into the Metroplex. And when we would play, so I had a very good mixture of white folks, black folks, Hispanics, um, Polynesian, like a very good mix of different people on the team and who went to the school. Um, but even on the team, there was a couple of players who we knew were definitely, if they weren't racist, they were, they were getting close, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, flirting the line. Um, but it was like, it was really weird because inside the lines, like you were just my brother and in the same way they felt about me and we would just, we would just fight it out against mm-hmm. the other enemy. And then afterwards it's like, don't talk to me. I hate you. But it was <laughs> when we played other teams, it was the weird stuff. We would play teams like South Lake Carroll. Mm. all white teams that would say some of the wildest stuff yeah. on the field and it make you want to kill people. You would get, people get penalties. They how mad you would get for like them saying racial, uh, racist stuff. However, I also do think that coaches played into that. So I will, here's a story for you. I had a coach in high school who we were going to actually play <laughs> South Lake Carroll. This man walked in the, this was his motivational speech. He walked into the locker room and he wrote on the board Tan Ho, T A N H O. And we like, what the hell does that mean? And he said, I heard some people from South Lake, they were yelling this uh, about us. And it means tear a, you know what, head off. So, of course, when we're younger, even though I felt a little weird at the moment, I said, I don't believe they said that. But when we're younger, we like, we, you know, we're getting hyped up. And my coach is sitting there saying it. They saying mm-hmm. Tan Ho out there. They saying Tan Ho. You know, matter of fact, we're going to make a defense called Tan Ho. All this other stuff, right? And this is a white coach, not even a black coach. This is a white coach. Um, and then it wasn't until I, man, I got to college, like, yo, that man was like, they didn't say that. They just wanted to rile y'all up Thank so y'all you. would go out there and play. <laughs> he was low-key racist or flirting racial uh, lines in sports. Um, but it, I would feel that way growing up as far as, like, the racial tensions between mm-hmm. I grew up on a team that had um, that had a lot of black people when it comes to pretty much all sports. And mm-hmm. there were some white people. But when we played completely just all white schools from their players and so their fans, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I can only imagine how it was back in the gap. Yeah. And I think that other schools probably said stuff about us, like especially um, like our basketball team or our softball team. Yeah, they probably said stuff about us, but that's because we were scrappy. <laughs> like uh-huh. we were ready to go at, at, any, at any moment. So. Don't yeah. Well, 
even though I feel like we can flirt racial lines, I think the the really big premise of this movie is that sports brought people together. Sports brought a community together. So in the in the movie, you recognize that the community is growing with the team, right? Mm-hmm. When the when the team first went integrated, it was pretty. It was everybody's boycotting and everything else. People didn't want yeah. people to live there. As the team progressed on, as they continued to win, as they brought the city a championship. The, t- the community embraced the team. The community embraced the inter- uh, integration. So mm-hmm. my question is, do you remember a time in sports uh, where sports brought people together? Um, I also want to say, I don't know. I know sports brings people together, but I think what brings people together more is winning the sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, because ain't no supportive uh, fan base, like a fan base of a winning team. Because like let you lose five games in a row and look at the look at the stadium compared I don't know. to look at the Cowboys fans. You know they delusional. Okay, I'm talking about high school though. Uh, okay, I'm about to say they delusional every about, year. That year. Uh, hey, we're Eagles fans. We can't talk much. No, we can. Listen, I'm still hanging on that 2017 win. <laughs> yeah. On top of the fact that we still be somewhat realistic. I know we're gonna have a bad year this year. Talk to a Cowboy fan. They're like, this the year. We, this is our year. year. They've been saying that since '96. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I digress. Um, a a time that sports brought people together. Hmm. Or you just felt it. Like you looked around and you were like, "Wow." Well, first of all, I think every every Olympics, that's <laughs> this is all true. people talk about, you know? This people are USA, USA. Everyone turns into the biggest patriot for the United States of America when it is Olympic season. Right. We love our teams. We love the sports. We love the sports we didn't even know existed. Like, right. uh, what is that one called? What one? Describe the one that I like. Go. The <clears throat> one that I like with the canoe or with the kayak and they're going um, through the. Oh, yeah. You're talking about uh, the, the rafting. The. Um, yes. It's like white water rafting. Anyway. The, yeah. The, sports you didn't slalom, even know. The rafting slalom. Yeah. That's it. Um, so I think that that brings us together all the time. But if you just go to a bar and you are surrounded by people that ha- that like the same team as you, right? So go to a sports bar when the Cowboys are playing and you're a Cowboys fan and everybody just has this great camaraderie just because you're going for the same team. It's just the common interest, right? And I think that people that enjoy sports love to talk about their sports and it connects you. Right. So mm, I see that all the time. Uh, for me, it was and um, man, nine 11 is coming up this Saturday. So um, condolences to everybody who lost a life in nine 11. But I think that it was the baseball game that happened after nine 11 was the moment for me that the I Yankees. feel like that, um, I believe it was the Yankees or maybe it was the Mets. It was some New York team um, where George W. threw out the first pitch. And I just <clears> – <throat> I vividly remember that moment. I think that everybody had the TV on watching baseball because sports just shut down. Mm-hmm. Like literally everybody was like, we're not playing. Mm-hmm. And then there was like an awkward period of everybody was like, who's going to be the first? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. who's going – you can imagine if no sport is playing that was in like we, – we talk in September – you know, beginning of football season, we're getting into the thick of it with uh, baseball. Like basketball's right around the corner. Like, th- so everybody kind of like, uh, 
let's just yeah. chill for a second. We got bigger mm-hmm. fish to fry. And so everybody was thinking, like, who's going to be the first to pop off? So let's, let, you know what, maybe next week. And baseball was like, you know what, let's do it. I think it's time enough. I think it's what the people want. And it was like, it was wild, like, just to be around people who are watching baseball. And they didn't really care. It didn't feel like they cared about the game, right? One, it was an escape for them mentally. Right. They didn't have to think about all the other BS that's going on. But two, it was like, here's a, here's a bit of normalcy that I feel familiar with and I want to connect with it. So that was like a huge moment. And then anytime I go to like a live sporting event, so yeah. um, I feel really connected. Like people brought, like I will, we went to the Rangers game. Yeah. Okay. We went to a Rangers game and it was so dope. And even though I connected with the Seattle's pitcher who has my last name, shout out to you. Um, or, last he has name. my last name. He has our last name. Thank we share you. the last name. There you go. Uh, he's cool. So um, shout out to him. His number's 99 if you want to look him up on uh, the roster. But the Rangers won, and we were upstairs when they hit the walk-off uh, home run, and I was, like, high-fiving random people. Random people, exactly. I'm, I've never met this person before in my entire life, but I was high-fiving because it was all lit. Of, you know, we had – we were cheering on our, our team, so and they just won, and so it was – I, that's what I like about sports, and I think that yeah, the reason why I enjoy this movie is because I think that it really depicts – what happens? It that is, feeling. Yes, the feeling of like we are all kind of searching and, and growing together for one purpose, which is if I'm a fan, I want my team to win. And if that means I have to yell and scream and shout and cheer them on to win, that's what I'm going to do. And if you're mm-hmm. a player, I want my team to win not only for my teammates but for the fans. So we're all trying to strive for this common goal. And even when you have like a good match and a good game, I went to a Cowboys and Eagles game one time, as I typically do. And we ended up losing in overtime, but it was such a good game that, like, at the end, us and the Cowboys fans were chopping it up. Like, yo, this was, this was an experience, and we enjoyed this experience, mm-hmm. talking shit to you, you talking shit to us, and then it ended up going to overtime, and then voila. Um, so it's just, sports is such a, and I know some people don't get it, but it's such an equalizer Yeah. when it comes to life. Weed Definitely. is an equalizer, and sports is an equalizer, <laughs> okay? Definitely. Oh, and I love that. That's why I love sports. Anyway, um, I guess I was going to ask you, like, why do you think people love sports so much? I guess we can still answer that. Why do, you, why do you think that? Why do you think people love sports so much? So, I think that it's because most people have played sports. Um, I Obviously, not everyone is athletic or not everybody even likes sports. You and I, we are athletes. We love sports. Um, we grew up playing sports. You went to college to play sports, uh, or a sport. And so I think that it's just, it's a good outlet. And I think that most people grew up in this environment. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they connect with it. So I started playing softball when I was five and then I continued that throughout high school, Um, And then in junior high, you are put in some kind of physical education class and then you can choose to be in athletics and you start off in junior high playing at my school, at least volleyball and basketball and track. Um, And so I think that that is, you know, everybody starts off playing it 
I say everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think most people start off playing it. And I think that the f- the feeling of the team, I think team sports, I love individual sports, um, but I think that teams like archery or, you know, I think archery is a great sport. Um, all of the other individual sports, that's all I can think of right now. But golf. I think, yeah, golf, um, tennis. tennis, if you're a single player. Yeah. But I think that team sports really teaches you a lot of life lessons. Oh, and I yeah. think that that Easily. is important. It it shows you teamwork, which you're going to have to use uh, throughout your entire life. It shows you um, responsibility. So you're a part of this team. You have something to contribute. So you have a role to play. That's going to be in every job you ever have, right? It's going to be reflected in your family. Um, it teaches you, uh, time management because while you're playing sports, you're also going to school. So I think that it just teaches you all these different life lessons, um, that you have throughout your entire life. And that's why I love it so much. That's why I connect to them. Um, also it's just great entertainment. (laughs) Facts. I, love watching softball softball is probably my favorite thing to watch on tv i know you're like eh, i like football i like watching football Who, me yeah why would i watch softball with you all the time what are you talking about but you would rather be in person like no it's not <laughs> softball baseball i would rather be in person yeah that's softball true, i'll take either way softball to me and i might catch slander for this but softball is superior like literally is it's faster paced it's cooler. They pitch the ball underhand. Everything's like super up. You know what I'm saying? And there'd yeah. be more home runs. They'd be smacking them all. So like, I'm talking about the ball when I say that. They'd be smacking the ball. All right. So <laughs> I like softball more than I like baseball. Uh, and I play baseball. So don't come after me. But softball for the win. I will definitely watch softball as much as I uh, on TV as much yeah. as I do in person. I'm not watching True. baseball on TV unless it's literally October. True. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But right. yeah, that's that's why I connect to them, and I think that that's why other people connect to them because of the lessons that they learned uh, playing the sports. And then if, you know, if you're athletic or if you like to exercise, it's a great outlet, and I think that people learned a lot about themselves while playing sports. Mm. I learned a lot about myself. I think also people love competition yeah for and sure I, I think it's actually wired into like our human dna mm-hmm. um and definitely capitalism. if we oh definitely in capitalism but also but here's the funny part about it this is just so funny when you look at specifically even in team sports it if you look at it as like a microorganism of the life that we live or some sort of uh, parallel to the life that we live rather we have What's the one thing that people can't stand when, as a fan? When they have a good player on the team, right? But he's a diva or she's a diva and they don't contribute to the team, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. hate that. They hate it so much. They're like, oh, my God. The, all he ever wants to do, everything's about himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he don't want the team. To, and they do the same shit in regular life. They don't go out and contribute to their community. They think that their talent means that they don't have to be a part of their team. 
their work team, their community, their church, whatever it may be. And then wonder why people feel the same way about them that they feel about their player. But we yeah. all are on this earth. We have a role to play with everybody, no matter how much you don't believe so. We are not wired in our brains, in our heart, in our soul to be alone. Mm-hmm. That means we're meant to be around and with other people, which also means that part of our life, we need to live amongst and for and with other people. So it's just, I always find that funny. And people are like, uh, he's not about the team. But that's, I, I don't like somebody who's not about the team for a different reason. Not because they're flashy and whatever else. I don't like it because I see that they're not, they don't see their purpose. And and what happens to the people who um who are think they're bigger than the team? They always get cut. Yeah. They always get cut. Even though they're so good, they always get cut. For sure. No one's bigger than the group. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. <laughs> okay. That's what that's what that is. But I really think it's competition because no it's hardwired. Yeah. There is a me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh yeah, there's just I think we're hardwired to like competition, which is also why people like to you know, watch UFC and boxing and everything else. Yeah. And, and it's something where you can say, hey, like, this is my team and I want to I want to believe in something bigger than myself. And I want to I want to cheer it on. I want to put my my BS aside. That's why I love Sundays. I can sit all day and just watch football and not think about anything mm-hmm. else but football. Um, Saturdays is just way too many things going on and way too many college games. But um, yes, indeed, I do agree. So another thing is. This movie is is really talking about how sports really transcended the culture. So do you think that sports can help transcend or change culture? Yeah, I do. And I think that it can also just shed light on issues um, that then help change the culture. We saw this with Colin Kaepernick and kneeling Mm. and um, which then led to many other players kneeling, which led to this nationwide movement. Movement. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and some people said that they were going to boycott the NFL and they're not. So no, they did not. And, and the viewership in NFL went up the next year. That's the, that's the funny part. And I think that I, th- yeah, I think that these players and, I think the the biggest person, like we talk about Colin Kaepernick a lot, but I think we see it a lot in LeBron too. Um, and people can talk trash and say all they want about LeBron, but it, I don't agree with the shut up and dribble or shut up and play because beyond athletes, these people are also citizens of our country. All right, they're paying taxes. <laughs> Probably more taxes than we're Wait, paying. Did everybody you know? else who's bitching about them sh- uh, right. speaking about politics? So I think that it's, I think it's good for these people to shed light on issues that they care about. These people. What do you mean by that? I'm just joking. These athletes. <laughs> these athletes. Because I think that it goes beyond, you know, um, the kneeling. I think that there are a now we're seeing a lot of other people come out and talk about different uh, issues. Like yeah, a lot um, of activism. Yes. All of the gymnasts that came out against Larry Nassar. Um, yes. Very valid which, point. Uh, obviously that was a very uh, personal for them and they, they were victims. So of course they spoke on it, but I, but we look, see what, look how it trickled. 
Yeah, exactly. it looked like Trickle did everybody else. So exactly. I think they definitely shifted um, the culture there. And um, mm-hmm. and even the culture within, like, hey, you don't have to be quiet. But you know what I mean? Like, that, I agree. So keep going. If you got another moment, keep going. Um. I was just going to say, I think, I think that it goes beyond just the kneeling. I think we see it in a lot of different ways. And I think that it's important for these athletes to talk about things because yes, they have a platform that people listen to. And even if it isn't necessarily, um, then them coming out and saying, I agree with this, or I just shining light on something to let people then do their own research i right. hate when people say nah. i did my own research and they click the first thing on google but it lets people read into things themselves and then come up with their own conclusion um and take their own stance on things so i think that i think that it's a good thing when athletes speak out about things because we think that famous people are and this goes for actors actresses hollywood we think these people are so beyond us and a lot right. of times they are out of touch with reality but or not they even still like, live in the same country that we live in right? right and although their worlds may be significantly different than the middle class um working person ultimately we are all under the same government if you will so mm. we all see the same issues so I think no. that they, sh- they have just as much of a voice as us. I would a thousand percent regular people <laughs> agree because if they don't have a voice, what, why should we? Right. What makes us any greater than them? Um, because if you say something like, oh, well, I see it every day and I do my research. Well, you don't think that they do as well? You don't think right. that they incur... And you're going to, I'm going to assume they probably incur more occurrences where something could happen because they travel and they're famous and they're amongst a lot of people all the time. So it's probably way more opportunity for them to run into some static than you. Um, So I'm sure that they have probably have a little bit more lived life experience than a lot of us. So they're going to have opinions on it. And that's really all it is. So I'm very happy that we're at a, a place in our culture now where sports and people who, and athletes who play sports are using their platform because everybody wants to be an athlete, right? Uh, rappers want to be athletes and athletes want to be rappers, but um, they are using their platform to say, this is what I feel strongly about. And here's how I'm going to um, move that forward to use it for their activism. I love that. Right. I love that. I mean, we saw it really. The first person I remember as far as stories wise is Muhammad Ali. Like he mm-hmm. was the first person that was like, I'm not just a boxer. Mm-hmm. I'm Muhammad Ali. I box, but I'm not a boxer. Right. So y'all not finna just say, I got, I, I can't say this. I'm going to shut up. No, I'm going to talk about this. You're not mm-hmm. finna tell me I got to go to war with some people who ain't never called me no N-word. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter how you feel in that stance, he was one of the first people to still take a stand on, like, you, I'm not finna tap dance for nobody. I'm going to be me, and that's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Um, And look at it now, and I really think, no matter how you spin it, because we, I'm not even going to go deep into Colin Kaepernick. I don't want to hear it. If you believe that Colin Kaepernick is uh, wrong for protesting in the way that he protested, you are literally just mad and you want to be mad or you don't want to uh, lose your base, essentially. Because um, there's no valid argument as to why 
it would be as disrespectful as you think, yet you wear flags and put burgers on flag paper plates for the 4th of July. I'm not going to even talk about that, but what I will say is this. In time, you will see how mega Colin Kaepernick will become. Because in his time, Martin Luther King and everybody else was very much so the same way. They were very much so hated. Very much so hated. And it wasn't until they passed and they saw the, the culture shift 15, 20, 30 years later that they became the history books and the lessons that we learn on. And people mm-hmm. quote them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we're going to have a Colin Kaepernick day. I'm just saying kudos to him and to everybody else who were willing to put their career on the line, to use their platform to talk about something that they need to change. And we see this everywhere. We see this with the USA women's team talking about uh, equal pay. pay we see up. this with the WNBA, which is a little bit different with WNBA because do you know do you know that the NBA subsidizes their their league? Hmm. I did not know that until like last month. <clears throat> but but also but shout out to the NBA for doing that. Right. Shout out to the NBA for saying we make money and we want our women to eat too. So we'll pay for their league. We'll subsidize their league so that they can get money. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. MLB should do that for softball. Every every league should do that for like, you know what I'm saying? If you mm-hmm. make that money, go ahead and do that. A league of their own. Go ahead and do that. So shout out to the NBA, man. Y'all be just making the blueprint and I love it. Yes, I do think that it can transition or, or transcend culture. I'm glad that it's happening now. Can I tell you my favorite sports moment? And then I'll ask you yours. Actually, I'm going to ask you yours first. What's your favorite sports moment? Mm, personally, well, I'm going to give a personal one because um, I was in it. So um, my sophomore year, mm-hmm. yeah, sophomore year of high school, um, our softball team was so good. No, it was my junior year. Um, our softball team was so good. We we ran the whole the whole uh, district. We LK was a uh, force to be reckoned with, if you will. Um. We were a team full of people who have played together our whole lives. Um, Like I said, we grew up in a small town. So we were running the district. We got to playoffs. We got the bye round. uh, So we were second round, came in, smacked them, like run ruled. Uh, And then we (laughs) we got to the game before state, and we got run ruled. Ah! But, but that year was so much fun because we were winning the team or the, the town was behind us and, um, the town had never really gotten behind us like that before, you know, just women's sports just aren't the same as male sports. And that goes for professional high school, junior high, it's just not the same, um, and so we really didn't get the recognition we deserved until we were going into the playoffs. Um, they had our names written on the windows in town that said, good luck. Um, we were having breakfast before every game at the local truck stop. Y'all was getting them pancakes. Yeah, we were. Of course busting. we were. 
So it was just like so fun that the whole town was involved in it. People were coming to our games. Um, I remember we were actually, I think this might've been the second or third round in playoffs, but we played a team and we lost the first game, but we were playing best two out of three. Um, And so we lost the first game. Well, then we had to play a double header because, uh, we lost the first game, had to play the second game, we won, then had to play that third game as a doubleheader. We did not start the game until 1.30 a.m. Dang, so they did you like they, damn, like yep. uh, Gucci said, damn, they did you like they did in the Women's College World Series this year, huh? Exactly, exactly. And we were high school students. Stupid. We were high school students. But it was so much fun because we still had a fan base even in the middle of the night. And the town was there. We won, obviously. Um, and it was just so much fun. And just that team, I love that team so much. And that is my favorite high school memory. That's my favorite uh, sports softball memory. memory. That's my favorite sports memory. It was just mm. so much fun. Good. I love that. I love I loved that for you. That's how they say, right? I love that for you. Yeah. Also, um, I just want to ahead. note that we lost... Uh, I think it was 15 to one, but yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. We lost pretty bad when we got beat out. But I will say that I hit the ball that scored our one and only run. Hey, she got that ribby. Okay. I hit a double and got Got that ribby. Okay. All right. Um, I'll give you a personal story then, too. I was going to talk about how, uh, you know, Nick Foles and the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Yes, of course. That's, um, a, great, that's a great memory. What a great memory. I'm so happy that that happened. Um, I'm just happy that, that I got to be there for it. It was lit, man. It was lit. Um, but here's what everybody knows this one. This is the one that changed my life. And I tell this story a thousand times if I have to. It's literally, I have so many football moments I can talk about with a lot of different, you know, friends and teammates that I play for and play with. But, my favorite moment had to be the moment where it I I found my purpose in life. I literally was about to quit. We were playing Cedar Hill uh, High School, and that year they were the reigning state champions. They had a left tackle. I think his name was Thomas Ashcraft. He was already committed to go to Texas. Like he was huge, um, and he was good. I mean, he was. You, he, if he got his hands on you, put you on your back. So we we're playing them, but we needed to win three straight games to make it to playoffs. And uh, Coach Peach had uh, this is talk about speeches. Coach mm. Peach ordered three tombstones, <laughs> three tombstones that had Cedar Hill and I. Ca- I can't remember the other Stop. two teams that we had to play. Check it that we had to play um, in the last three weeks, and he put them behind the weight room, and he dug like um, he dug holes. <laughs> he dug holes, and when we beat a team, we would go out there, and he would say. All right, everybody, give me the clap. We'd be like, mm-hmm. And he would give like a little speech and he would throw the jersey in there and we would put dirt on the jersey and bury the team. Like that was <laughs> that was his so, motivation. So dramatic. It's so dramatic, but hey, it worked. Um, but we were playing Cedar Hill and I'm like dramatic. And I wasn't even playing. I was I, I was a junior and I had been playing and I don't know what's going on. And I literally was about to quit because I played offense and it was halftime. We were getting smacked. 31-13. I will never forget this. Shout out to you, Brandon Kelsey. Also just saw that Brandon is a uh uh, high school football coach at Kennedale now. So congratulations, bro. And uh, Brandon was our quarterback at the time. And not to diminish him because he had a hell of a second half. But I'm playing offense. I'm not getting no burn. At halftime, I tell my boy Tajay, I'm finna quit. 
after this game, I'm gone. They're not finna work me out in practice and then not give me no burn on the field. I'm quitting. And Tajay's like, don't do it. I'm like, nah, I'm, it's, ha- it's happening, bro. It's already, don't do it, girl. I already did it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's a, it already happened for me. And um, one of my coaches came in. Shout out to Coach Keith. And he pointed at me and he said, come here. And I, and I thought he like heard me say I was going to quit or something. and But he didn't. He just brought me outside from the rest of the team. And he, he literally put his hand on my shoulder and said, if they're not going to use you on offense, they're idiots. You are one of the best players on this field. And I need you. We are getting blasted on defense. We can't. I'm not going to tell you the words he said, but essentially they couldn't stop nothing. And I said, okay. And he said, I need you to come play defense for me. I said, I've never played defense before in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're, but you're a football player. And I know you're a football player. I know you study. Go play football. And I said, okay. And he said, Kevin, Kevin Alino, shout out to Kevin Alino. I said, Kevin, will tell you the word to line up. He was a linebacker and a captain. And when the ball is snapped, just play football, bro. Just play football. I'm not going to give you no more instruction. Kevin will tap you and tell you where to go. And when the ball is snapped, just go play football. So I said, all right, like, I, I'm not getting no burn on offense. So I might as well go play defense. And he said, if you get tired, tap your helmet. I'll get you out, get you, a, get you a, a breather, get back in the game. And so I get in the game. Long story short, remember, we're losing 31-13 to the defending state champs, Cedar Hill High School. I ended up having nine tackles. I think it was like nine or 11. It was one of the two. I had nine ta- tackles. I forced a fumble. And then we had came all the way back. Uh, Brandon was just going off on offense. I'm talking about dropping dimes. And he kept running this counter play. We were running like maybe like 400 yards. He didn't run 40 yards, but that's what it seemed like. You know, you're in high school, like a story. Uh, he was just going crazy. And uh, we can, you can probably find us on YouTube. But the game is on the line, and somebody knocked the ball out, and I dove on it, and I got the game running, winning fumble recovery. So it just, like, capped off everything. It was so lit. And my dad finally showed up to a game because he you know, worked in North Dallas, too. It was hard for him to get to a game. Um, but he showed up second half, so it was just like it was just a renewed energy, and I was laying on the ball like full body cramp, crazy, <laughs> like my <laughs> entire body was cramped up, laying on the ball, uh, on the under the pile, so people were like grabbing my nuts and like trying to poke my <laughs> eye and everything else, because that's what they do on the pile to try to get mm-hmm. you to drop the ball, um, and like scratching you and like twisting your ankle and all the other stuff, and I'm just holding on to the ball, holding on to the ball, hoping the ref gets there to see that it's Colt ball and we're gonna go win this game, and uh, I got up. And when I seen the whole sideline pretty much like running towards me, I was lit. And I was like, that's pretty lit. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm in heaven. Like, this is amazing. And literally after the game, I was like, yo, coach just saw something in me that I, I was on the brink of quitting football. Mm-hmm. My entire identity for since I can remember, just at least since third grade. And this man saved my life. <laughs> this man pulled me from the depths and said, I know you got your head down right now, but I'm telling you, because I've watched you for three years now, you are one of the best players on this field, even though you don't believe it. And I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm not going to overcoach you. He going to tell you where to line up and you go do what you do. We'll worry about the other shit later. Okay. When you talk about technicalities and everything else, we'll worry about that later. Just go play football. And that yeah. was like the one time I've ever been unleashed. And I had a, I, again, never played defense, but I ended up with nine tackles, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. So it was crazy. And after that, it was just, it was up. 
And I was like, I'm I'm a defensive tackle now until a little bit in senior year when the other coaches um, punched the window and cut his arm and I had to go mm-hmm. play center. And then I was better at center again because – and this is why it's so great. This is why the moment changed my life. Because I played defense, I had to get in shape for defense, which means I had to be in more shape than I was playing offensive line. So when I went back to play offensive line, I was a better offensive lineman because I played with better leverage and I was in better shape, hmm. which got me scholarships. So shout out to you, Coach Keith. My boy, Ryan Harkness, uh, sorry that you cut your hand open, but <laughs> that was the that was the door that opened me to slide back over to offense. So And shout out to Coach Peach for the... Uh, the tombstones. <laughs> yeah. I just remember doing it. Mm-hmm. Everybody clapping and Coach Peace talking. Oh, my God. Anybody that remember that story, please, please put this on your story or something to to say you like I'm not I'm not lying. This is no cap. Like this actually happened. Anyway, I'm done. I can't talk no more. I can't <laughs> talk some more, but I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Bring us home, baby. All right. Well, thank you all so much for giving us another listen this week and just going through Remember the Titans, one of our favorite movies. Um, Thanks for listening to us break this down. And like we said, if you're interested in this podcast, if you enjoy listening to us, rate us, leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Press Next Podcast. We also have a Facebook page that you can join. Um, drop us some money, Cash App, Venmo, Press Next Podcast. We are uh, so thrilled to have you as our loyal supporters. And Corey, do you have anything else that you want to add? I just want to say we'll see y'all next week. I I love it, man. We we coming back with more fall, y'all. And I'm sure yes. next week we'll, we won't be talking about sports, so... Yep. So we will see you next week. And as always, press next. Press next. Love y'all.